Well, it's day 44 of the COVID-19 pandemic, and you're listening to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. Hey, thanks for dialing in this week. Uh, It's going to be a little bit different show than we've had in the past. Um, You know, sometimes in the podcasting world, things happen, and... uh, the guests that you that you think you have scheduled sometimes they their uh, schedules have to uh, have to be uh, changed and so the guests we had lined up had to bow out and so you're going to get stuck with me Kevin Stevenson for the uh, better part of a half an hour but uh, I think we've got some interesting things that we can uh, that we can talk about uh, what I'd like to do for for this episode is just to talk to you a little bit about uh, personally what we're doing here in Central Texas regarding the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, you know, lots of work going on, uh, not only at my hospital, but other hospitals and, uh, you know, looking to uh, state and, and local governments uh, for, for guidance in some areas. But uh, even with what we're all facing right now there's been a lot of good that's come out of this uh and so whenever we come back uh i'll touch on a few things and uh that i hope that you will uh that you'll enjoy hearing about and uh with that we'll be on the other side of the break we'll just talk about what's going on in central texas around the covid 19 pandemic on i don't care with kevin stevenson We're back, and as I said, this is day 44 of uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic, and so just wanted to share a little bit with you uh, some of the statistics of McLennan County. McLennan County is uh, where uh, Waco, Texas is located, where uh, we're coming to you from, uh, the studios here in beautiful downtown McGregor, uh, so uh in McLennan County, uh, just a little background. McLennan County has about 200, 256,000 residents as of last year. Uh, to date, and today we're recording on April the 29th, uh, to date we've had 88 uh, persons who have tested positive for COVID. Uh, right now we have 12 who are, um, who are actually active cases. So we've had a number of people recover. Uh, unfortunately, in our county, we've had four people who have passed away from COVID. Uh, all of those had uh, multiple comorbidities, whether it be diabetes or hypertension or uh, or you know some form of respiratory issue. Uh, I'm not breaking HIPAA because that's all been reported uh, on the covidwaco.com website where I get all of my information. And and right now, today, there's only one COVID-positive patient in the hospitals here in uh, in McLennan County. Uh, As far as testing goes, we've we've tested, oh, around 1% of our total population with about a 3.5% positive rate. Uh, if you look at it from the standpoint of uh, deaths per positive case, 
we have a 4.5% mortality rate, roughly. Uh, but if you look at that, and, and of course, every life is, is sacred, every life is important, but uh, we've been, in a sense, blessed uh, that, uh, that we've only had four people who have passed away. Uh, you know, and prayers go out to their families and their loved ones during this time uh, of uh, an unexpected loss, frankly. Uh, you know, we certainly haven't seen what's been going on uh, across Texas, uh, in Houston or Dallas or even San Antonio. Oddly enough, there have been some really interesting outbreaks in the College Station area and also in Lubbock. And so uh, I know that some nursing homes have been involved in, in, in a couple of those instances uh, where, unfortunately, uh, a number of people within a, one or two or more nursing homes have, um, have tested positive for COVID, and, and many of those uh, have passed away. Uh, but uh, here in McLennan County, as I said, we've been relatively not untouched, but uh, we've had uh, about as as little impact on a town or a county of our size as I would say anywhere else in the state of Texas. And so uh, with that, McLennan County is going to be uh, following Governor Greg Abbott's uh, directives uh, that he came out with uh, earlier this week. And many of our restaurants and retail uh, shops are going to be opening on a limited basis. Uh, restaurants can open on Friday, May 1st, uh, with a 25% occupancy rate. Uh, it's been kind of funny. I've talked to a number of people and, and, and people are in, uh, two different extremes. Uh, many are, boy, I can't wait. I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant as quickly as possible. And, and quite a few others say, you know, I'm going to wait for a little while and uh, just to see what happens. But uh, uh, on social media, uh, there, there's been a lot of information from the restaurants. Uh, and, you know, surprisingly, I guess, uh, some have chosen not to open yet. They, uh, they want to see what's going to happen over the next week or so as well. Uh, phase two uh, of, uh, of the reopening, if you will, of the state of Texas is on May the 15th. And so some some uh, some retailers and some restaurants are, are choosing to wait till then. So, uh, but I'll tell you right now, my family and I, we're looking for a great place to go out on Friday night. So if you have any suggestions, you know, this will air Friday morning. Send those to me on I don't care uh, at marketscale.com and we'll, uh, we might just take you up on your suggestions. So let's talk a little bit about my hospital. I'm blessed to uh, to be a part of the administration at Ascension Providence here in Waco. Uh, tremendous Catholic hospital. We're part of Ascension, which is uh, one of the uh, largest Catholic health systems in the country. Uh, we've been very blessed. Uh, Ascension has not uh, chosen to furlough uh, any uh, of our associates, uh, unlike... Uh, at last count, well over 200 hospitals and health systems have had to do that because of the great financial impact that COVID has had on the hospitals. Uh, across the nation, there's there's been very the the financial impact is varied because in in some states like New York or New Hampshire, 
or uh, New Jersey up in New England, um, and uh, in Chicago, Detroit, obviously New Orleans, uh, Washington State. Um, hospitals are feeling the financial uh, burden of caring for uh, literally thousands of, of COVID patients because the COVID patients uh, are very, very sick. And as you've heard, so many of them are on ventilators and in uh, in the ICU. And that is not, uh, that's very expensive care. And they're also staying a number of days. And so that really, uh, really increases the, the cost of the patient. But, you know, in healthcare, uh, we're called to this, to this uh, profession. We're called to healthcare. And so... You know, I I don't know of any nurses who are on the front lines who are worried about uh, the cost of caring for that patient. They just want to do the provide the best care that they can for that patient. Uh, on the flip side, uh, in areas like you know most of Texas and many of the western states, uh, it's not that we're caring for an overabundance of COVID patients. It's the fact that we, in preparation for a potential surge of COVID patients, we uh, did things like we uh, we postponed uh, elective surgeries, non-emergent surgeries and procedures. And so that really drives a lot of hospital revenue. And so we're sitting at uh, a census of about 50% of what we typically are. And oddly enough, many people thought, well, COVID, uh, you're going to see uh, just an influx of people coming into the emergency departments. And again, in some parts of the country, you do. Uh, but uh, in Texas and, uh, again, some of the, some of the states that, who, that aren't as affected, uh, we're seeing our emergency departments, again, run about 50% of, of what we were doing just uh, six, eight weeks ago. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, issues are causing that. I think certainly uh, the uh, shelter-in-place orders, the stay-at-home orders, whatever you want to call them, uh, are keeping people off the streets. So there are a lot fewer car accidents. People aren't going out and committing quite as many violent crimes as have been in the past. Uh, and another thing too, many people who who unfortunately use the emergency room as their primary care uh, source, they're not going out uh, and, and doing that. They're, uh, uh, they're choosing either to, uh, to stay at home uh, and, uh, and self-treat, which uh, oftentimes is not the best choice, but, uh, uh, or they are, are finding a, either an online, uh, online source of primary care. And so that's really been something that's been kind of interesting. But uh, for us uh, at Ascension Providence, safety is, is of the utmost concern. And so early on, uh, along with uh, delaying any kind of non-emergent cases, we also uh, enacted a very restrictive visitor policy uh, where we do not allow visitors to, uh, to come into the hospital. And that's been certainly a real change, too because we've had to find alternative ways for loved ones to be able to communicate. So we're using things like, like what many of you are doing in business. Uh, we're using Zoom. We're using uh, you know, uh, 
various uh, other applications where people can uh, can be in touch with their loved ones. Uh, and so that's something that uh, that caregivers are now facilitating as well. Uh, fortunately for us, we've had a number of uh, of our COVID patients uh, recuperate and uh, discharge, and so we've had a thing called the code sunshine. And so, uh, patients who uh, who allow it and uh, uh, who who actually are celebrating their their discharge uh, after sometimes many many days, uh, we will line the halls, obviously social distancing in wearing masks, but we'll line the halls from wherever they're discharging out the front door and applaud them as they, uh, as they're being discharged. And, uh, we had a very special one over the weekend, uh, uh, a local teacher who was well-documented in social media. So I don't feel again, that I'm violating any kind of HIPAA, but very, his stay with, in our hospital was very well-documented by his family and friends. And so uh, we were very excited to be able to uh, to hold a code uh, code sunshine discharge for him, and he was uh, he and his family were so incredibly appreciative, and so that was just uh, it was very heartwarming for us. Uh, another thing that the Ascension did was, as I said, they did not uh, Ascension Corporate did not uh, uh, furlough any patients or or any. Uh, uh, any associates during this, but what we've been able to do, obviously, uh, we've had a number of our, particularly our rehab department. Uh, we haven't been doing very many, uh, uh, therapy visits at all. And so we've been able to redeploy a number of people throughout our hospital, uh, as, yeah, as, uh, greeters and screeners at the door, because now we're screening everybody all, all of our all of our associates are, are screened every day. They're asked the the questions if uh, if they have any of the symptoms of COVID. We also check uh, temperatures every day too. And uh, same thing with anybody else coming into our hospital. Our physicians, vendors, uh, you know, the uh, our patients who come in, uh, and certainly the occasional visitor that we do allow to come in. Uh, in order to get somebody settled in a department or in, or in their hospital room, and then we ask them to to leave, but we keep them very well, uh, very well uh, uh, apprised of what's going on with their loved one. Um, we've also been very fortunate that we that our uh, medical group has had um, has been conducting drive through testing from really from the very beginning, and so that's been a real blessing for us. And, and certainly for the community as well. And so going again, going along the lines uh, of what Governor Abbott uh, allowed uh, with his uh, last executive order, uh, we have started reopening uh, some of our non-emergent surgeries and procedures just this week. And so we're trying to ramp back up. We're doing it slowly. Uh, a lot of communication with physicians and their staffs and just getting ready to... Uh, to uh, see the 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 influx of of people who have who have held off care for maybe six to eight weeks, and so that's something that we're we're really preparing for. Uh, but it's been great to have those people in the redeployment pool. Uh, as I said, yeah, a lot of them have been manning our, our doors, but many of them have been doing have been cross trained to do other things. 
but also uh, we've been able to utilize them internally uh, really sprucing up the place. There's been a lot of painting going on and, uh, and, uh, really just trying to get, uh, trying to get the facility, uh, ready for, as I said, the, the onslaught of patients that we fully expect that, that are already, uh, queuing up for us for, uh, for those delayed procedures and surgeries. You know, another thing I'd, li- I'd really like to talk about is just how the Waco and McClendon County community, have have really wrapped their arms around us, uh, our, uh, our our competing hospital uh, just a few miles away, and really all healthcare professionals. Uh, it's been amazing uh, what's happened. Uh, very early on, a a community, uh, some folks in the community, uh, decided to uh, plan a uh, a what they called park and pray. Uh, they publicized it incredibly well on social media. They got uh, they got the the blessings of the city and the county uh, to be able to to do this. But uh, and it was also fully broadcasted uh, over uh, over radio. Uh, and so one night, uh, local community members encircled our hospital, encircled our uh, our competitor uh, here in town, and. Uh, uh, they prayed, uh, played uh, a great deal of praise music. Um, you know, at various times they would honk, and uh, you know, it was really gratifying to. to and I, I sat out um, in the crowd uh, in my car, obviously social distancing, but it was wonderful to be able to look up in the windows of the hospital and see the patients and our staff just really enjoying that and, and really feeling feeling the prayers of, of the community. Again, it was a spectacular event. Uh, another thing too is, you know, we've been, we've been obviously essential workers. We've been going into the hospital uh, even as administrators, but, but our frontline caregivers have done just yeoman's work uh, throughout all of this, and the community has recognized that too, and so we have had just so many donations of of food uh, and and beverages, and people have brought you know, restaurants have brought lunches and dinners and breakfast and ice cream trucks, and it's just again while this is this pandemic has just been horrible. So many good things have come out of this. Uh, people have pe- people have just become more compassionate. Uh, they're just nicer to each other. Uh, I got to admit, even in Waco, the air is cleaner because there's so many few uh, so f- few cars on the road. But but uh, it's been just phenomenal. We've had donations of of masks. And and just a number of things that uh, that we're so appreciative of, and uh, we can't begin to thank the community for what they've done uh, today. Just today, uh, there is a, a house across the street from our emergency department, and they painted "thank you" on their fence facing the ED. And uh, I don't think they realize how much that meant to. To our staff, uh, we had staff talking about that all day. Uh, another house uh, across the street put up a sign that said "Thank you." Um, 
people applaud healthcare workers as as they're leaving. Uh, it's just been incredible. Uh, so, you know, we our lives will will never be the same. None of our lives will ever be the same after this. I tell people on a very regular basis that I've been in healthcare for over thirty years. And I've gone through hurricanes in Louisiana and blizzards in Nebraska and, and floods in Kentucky. And, of course, um, lived through 9-11 uh, in, in Baton Rouge, uh, not knowing what was going to happen to us because Baton Rouge was in the top 10 list of, uh, of terrorist strike, uh, strike points in the country. Uh, but I told everybody, uh, that there were, those were finite times. We knew pretty much when things would start getting back to normal. Um, with COVID-19, we just don't know. And, um, you know, we, uh, with, with reopening hospitals to, to the non-emergent procedures and surgeries, we're testing every patient. Uh, to make sure that they're that they're negative, so in order to protect our staff and to protect them and their families too. But with that additional testing, there's going to be additional positives uh, for people who have been asymptomatic. And uh, so, uh, making sure that the community recognizes that and, and uh, you know doesn't doesn't panic, but. Uh, uh, and continues to to social distance, continues to to wear a mask, um, and really really remain concerned about themselves, but also for for their fellow, their for their neighbors and their friends. And uh, you know, if we continue doing that, uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with opening things up in a in a reasonable fashion, because we have. We have ample uh, hospital bed space. We have ample ICU space. We have ample ventilators, um, and we have we have surge plans in case we were going to be overrun uh, with patients. And so, fortunately, we, yeah, again, McLennan County, Waco, Central Texas was was very blessed that we weren't. Uh, impacted as as much as as other parts of the country, but uh, we've got to remain vigilant and uh, we've got to ensure that that we all that we all stay safe. And uh, so, you know, I don't know what it's like where you are. Uh, I pray that that you've had uh, a relatively minor impact to your to the health of of your communities. But as I said, all of us have been greatly impacted by by uh, shelter in place or stay at home orders. Uh, you know, many of you have lost your jobs, and uh, you know, I, I pray that uh, that that you, uh, if you're furloughed, that your companies bring you back quickly. Uh, if you if you did lose your job, uh, there there will be opportunities for you out there um, with what the federal government has done as far as stimulus checks and uh, uh, the Small Business Association loans and things like that. I think that um, we're going to get through this. We, we are. Uh, you know, we've talked to, I've talked about my faith on a number of occasions, and I firmly believe God is in control. And uh, uh, because, of this, uh, because of this pandemic, uh, 
Um, many of us are, are really, we changed our behaviors and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So with that, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an update on my world. Uh, you know, my family's doing well. Uh, you, you've met my wife, Michelle, who's the flight attendant. Uh, she's actually off for a couple of months because her airline, like many airlines, uh, have uh, scaled back greatly on flights. And even the flights they have, sometimes they're single digits on the planes. Um, our oldest daughter, um, uh, unfortunately, lost her job uh, right before COVID and so has been interviewing. And uh, But uh, the blessing of that is she spent a lot of time down here with us coming down from, from Dallas. So as an aside, if anybody knows uh, of any jobs, please uh, send those to the uh, to the email address, and uh, and I'll get the those leads to her. Uh, our youngest, who uh, is finishing graduate school in Mississippi and also has a full time job, <coughs> she um, uh, she's learning how to uh, to do a little bit more adulting. Uh, and, uh, that's been, that's been fun to watch too. We haven't, I haven't seen her since January. My wife, uh, just spent some time over there getting her settled into a new house. But, uh, but we do, you know, like many of you, you know, we're zooming and, uh, we're doing, uh, video, video calls and, and, uh, things like that to try to stay in touch. Um, so, you know, checking in on friends, uh, Lots of uh, uh, Zoom happy hours with fraternity brothers. That's been a real treat, uh, I've got to say, because there's some of these guys who I haven't seen in 20, 30 years. So that's been a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm sure you've reconnected with a lot of people too. So uh, again, just wanted to share share with you uh, a little bit about what's going on and and pray that you are doing well wherever you are in whatever situation you're in. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, we'll sign off for the week. Uh, remember, uh, you you hear this podcast, uh, quote-unquote, live uh, at 9.30 uh, a.m. Central Time on MarketScale.com. That's MarketScale Radio. And then pretty soon thereafter, it's dropped to Spotify and iTunes. I hope you uh, subscribe to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson uh, and uh, share it with your friends. Uh, it's been it's been pretty gratifying hearing from people really from all over the country, which has been a surprise to me because I didn't think anybody cared what I had to say. Uh, but uh, we try to do our best to 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 bring you some uh, some interesting insight and some interesting information. So with that. Uh, I'll sign off like I have uh, over the last few weeks. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, uh, and uh, be well. This is Kevin Stevenson for I Don't Care, uh, and have a great day.